there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. False personality is like a spider. I don't know if you have arachnophobia or not. Does anybody here have arachnophobia? You do? Okay. Just two? And you got it from your mom? Spiders. <laughs> spiders freak me out. How do you feel about spiders? Don't like spiders. So you're the Garfield of spiders, is that right? Have, has anyone ever been bitten by a spider? Have you ever been bitten by a spider? Is that where you started to, to hate them? No. No, you, you looks. They're just the way they look. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you? How do you feel about spiders? They're just there. They're just there. Okay. <laughs> hey, good, good. We don't have we only have two people who have, you know, a mild case of arachnophobia. My guess is they don't pass out and eyes roll in the back of their heads and fall on the floor and wiggle and jiggle when they see one. But they just kind of are repelled by them. They, they're, they're revolted by them. They want to get away from them. Is that about right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's mild. False personality is like a spider. Spiders have fangs that inject poison into their prey. Most kinds of spiders spin webs in which they capture their prey. Those webs are made of what scientists call silk. So spiders produce this silk that they use to make their webs. It's very strong and it's sticky. And they also use it to travel from here to there. The spider will produce a strand of silk and then allow the wind to blow it back and forth so that it can swing from one place to another, attach itself to that place, attach the thread there, and then build its web from there. They're very interesting animals, spiders. How is the false personality like a spider? Well, it spins webs over our centers. The problem is, is that it connects the centers in the wrong way. It spins these webs over all of our centers and connects them up in the wrong way. So that this center is doing the job of this center and something in this center is being used over here in this center. So we end up screwed up, not functioning properly. Hitting on all cylinders sometimes, but not, most of the time not hitting on all cylinders and definitely not having the cylinders timed properly so that we're hitting on this cylinder when we should be hitting on that cylinder we're not hitting on any cylinder when we should be hitting on that cylinder and we're hitting on this cylinder when we should be hitting on some other cylinder so it's double trouble we're, not all the centers are firing properly and they're not firing in order they're not timed properly this is due to this web that the false personality spins and casts over the centers so that when impressions coming from outside, try to fall on a center. They hit this web. Now, if you'll think of a spider web, and I think of spider webs often because I think they're beautiful. I'm fascinated by spider webs. I take pictures of spider webs. So when it's a dewy morning, I will go out and find spider web with dew on it and take a picture of it. Some of them are very well constructed geometrically, and some of them you think, a drunken spider made it. <laughs> big, big missing patches. And then often, if you, if you pay attention, if you're quiet and you'll just sit still, you can notice that spiders work in a certain way. They will be somewhere sitting on the edge of that web. And some insect will come flying around and hit the web and get stuck in it. And the spider's got his foot 
or whatever, on one of the strands of the web. And he feels the vibration. And he real quick runs down there to where this insect is, because the insect for him is food. This is his prey. The web was to capture it. Runs down there, but he feels the vibration, runs down there, and he spins some more silk around the other animal to keep him from moving. And then he'll pick him up and carry him off and hang him someplace. And then he'll poison him, put his fangs in him, inject some poison into him. And then he will suck out some of the life juice of that animal. And eventually what will happen is there'll be just this little dried up nothing shell of his prey with all the juice of life sucked out of it. This is what they do. We don't like that, I guess. But that's what they do. That's just the way it is. Now, this web that the false personality uses is associations. It's a web of associations. Our associations, our old associations, cover like a web our centers so that an impression can't fall directly on a center. It falls on these associations. And the associations then direct it someplace where it doesn't need to go, where it's not supposed to be. And what's the purpose of that? Well, the purpose of that is to get the juice out of the impression, the force, the power, the life out of the impression, just the same way that the spider captures an animal so that it can suck the life out of it, so that it can continue to live and grow and be a happy spider dad or a spider mom or spider man. We don't create the force of understanding in ourselves. We can't do. We don't remember ourselves. In this universe, atomic power has shown us that there is such incredible power and force and energy available in this universe, in each atom, in each molecule of everything. But we somehow don't know how to get it out. When we do get it out, we get it out in this tremendous destructive power. But we have, we're learning how to get bits of it out and create electricity, heat, things like that. There's all this energy, unlimited source of energy available out there, but we don't know how to use it. So why is it we can't create the force of understanding? Why is it we can't do? Why is it that we don't remember ourselves? If we've got all that energy, where did the force for these things go? Well, the force for these things went into old associations and to centers they didn't belong in. They went where they didn't belong. They went into negative emotions. How much force does it take to be negative? A lot. It takes a tremendous amount of force to be, to be negative. How much force does it take to be tense? Just to have your neck tense, have your shoulders held up instead of just being relaxed, which, which we can't do. You know, we have to do exercises to try and get ourselves relaxed. We can't do it. Okay, I want everybody to, everybody to tense up right now. Tense up. Tense, tense, tense. tense. Go dip. Your fingers should be turning white at the ends. Tense, tense, tense. Okay, now ragdoll. How's that feel? Yeah. <laughs> See, and so <laughs> that's the way we need things. We need things like that. We need things in a pendulum. We need to compare one thing with another so that we can start to get the feel for how tense we really are most of the time. You know, well, relax, just let it go, let's just relax. It's like I'm standing up here, but I have to bend my knees, bend my knees and relax a little bit, drop my shoulders, relax a little bit. It's a good thing to do consciously. Also, another good thing to do consciously, or with some more awareness than you usually use and usually have, direct your attention, direct your consciousness, direct your awareness to your stomach, to your abdomen, and just let it go, let it go, let it go. See, now we don't let it go because... Society tells us you can't have a pot belly, you can't let it hang out, you know. But if you just let it go, feel that? 
Feel how good that feels. You feel how peaceful. If you let your stomach go, you can enter a state of peace, peace of mind that's not ordinary for us. But no, we're always holding it in. We're always sucking in, holding it in un un unconsciously. Old associations. So where did the force go for these things? Well, if we have this unlimited supply of force, and we do, we can see it in scale. Well, the sun, the sun just ran out of energy, so it had to turn off. That's what night is, you know. The sun ran out of energy, so it had to turn off and go to the refueling station. No, 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 no. The sun has unlimited energy. It seems unlimited. Of course, it's not, but it has, un it has all this energy. We have energy too, but we don't have any left. We've let it, we've squandered it all. We've let it all leak away. We've let it all be, be robbed by the spider of false personality. So, so false personality basically sucks the life out of the impressions to feed itself. So behind the web, behind the centers, where you really lie, the essence of you is, it doesn't get much because false personalities cast this web over it all. And anything coming in, it grabs, directs where it wants it to be, uses in whatever willy-nilly way that it sees fit in the moment. We begin to study this web of associations with the intellectual center. You'll notice as you begin to study this web of associations with the intellectual center that certain thoughts tug certain threads in the emotional center and in other centers, producing automatic feelings, movements, and appetites. If you're put on the spot, you'll draw an instant blank. But I just want you to lightly entertain the thought that you have associations, old associations that trigger mechanical appetites, thoughts, and feelings in you. Allow that to just sit in your mind somewhere as we move on. An aim of self-observation is to see our machinery and how it operates. To do it properly, we must be separate from the machinery. Our problem is, is that we don't know how to separate from the machinery because we have called the machinery I. This is the first problem. We have called the machinery I, and we feel like if we separate from I, we will die. What will I be if I'm not I? And so what we do in our pretentious way is we create another I, a better I, a more pretentious I, to take the place of that I so that the better eye observes the old eye. Because false personality is hooked up. It's got this web well spread. By the time we get to it, it is a city of a web. You think back to this country 250 years ago, 300 years ago. Are you ready for this? There was no interstate. There were no airplanes. There was no way to get from the east part of this country to the west part of this country. They hadn't figured that out yet. The only way they did it was they would take a boat and go around. Go around the, the, they would go around South America and come up to get to San Francisco from New York. They'd have to go all the way down and around. And come up. There was no way to get across. You can't even imagine that. But that's the way it was. And see, now we are born into this, and here we are. We have freeways, and we have cars, and we have planes, and we have ways to get anywhere we want to get. The false personality has built its web. And here we are born into this, and it's all we know. So we can't make roads the way we think we should make them now. We can't sit down and say, well, this is the best way to do this and then do it that way. The Panama Canal wasn't there, so they couldn't go partway down and then go through the Panama Canal and then come out and do, go to San Francisco. They couldn't get from the Atlantic to the Pacific through the Panama Canal. It hadn't been built. So they had to go all the way down around the tip 
of South America. We can't imagine that. We can imagine it. But we can't, we can't see how that relates to our lives, how that relates to the false personality and what, it's, what we come into when we come into this work. False personality is full-blown. It's got all of its moves. It's all in place. And you have nothing except it. And you must work with it in order to free yourself from it. But what happens is that it's very clever. It says, well, fine, then you can be this. And it gives you a new personality that you can be. So you end up being this new personality, which is just the same thing as the old personality. It's still false. What this work is about is getting beyond all that so that that whole thing, that whole net, that whole web of associations is made passive and something else, and you don't know what that is, but something else can receive the force that comes from impressions, the life, the juice that comes from impressions. We don't know what that is, so we can't, we, we, all we can do is call that essence. And that's already too much. It's already too much. Calling it essence is already too much. Well, yes, I, I can feel my essence. You idiot. <laughs> that's a pizza you had last night. You shouldn't have had so many anchovies. You wouldn't feel that way. So just relax. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do so. Okay, fine. So as I said, these associations like a web have our centers bound up together wrongly. Now we can also, instead of just observing the intellectual center, we can also observe the moving center. So the two centers we can really observe in this are the intellectual center and the moving center, which is just fine because they're the two easiest centers to observe. It's easier to observe them because they're slower. It's easy to observe the moving center because whew, there it is. You know, it's making you move. So you can see that you have old associations if somebody does this, you have the instinctive moving center. The instinctive blinks. Now, the moving center, if it has some associations, can also do something. Some people will push, they'll put their hands up, or some people will attack, depending on their associations. It just depends on their associations, whatever associations, however they've been wired up, or however they've been miswired by the spider, wherever the web happened to be attached. They'll do, they'll do that. And you can observe that. You can observe what mechanical movement tugs, what centers, spawning what series of thoughts and feelings. For example, let me give you an example of observing the moving center of how it works. If I say, okay, uh, we're going to meditate. So move the chairs out of the way, get your cushions out, and assume the position. As soon as you assume the position, it does something to you emotionally, intellectually, and physically. Why? Associations. Why do they say... Go to the same place around the same time when you go to meditate. Because they're trying to get you to make new associations. It's not bad to make new associations. Especially if you are doing it with a purpose somewhat attentively. At the direction of a better influence. Do you understand? Rather than just willy-nilly spider swinging in the wind and attaching its web here and attaching its web there. So the purpose of doing these things is to make new associations, is to wire things correctly. The purpose of observing the old associations that are not wired correctly is by observing them, seeing them, you don't have to go with them. If you don't have to go with them, that energy doesn't have to be wasted there or go to the wrong place there. That energy can be saved. For example, someone says to you, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. Normally, your old association would be to pluck out one of their eyes. But you have seen that that's really not a judicious 
use of your energy. So you decide not to pluck out one of their eyes. So they say you're ugly and your mother dressed you funny and you just punch them in the eye. Okay, good, that's progress, good. So you have consciously or, as, or more consciously, attentively, punched them in the eye, good. So you are trying not to express negative emotions. So you've expressed fewer negative emotions, good, good for you. Any work that's done with awareness is not lost, good. You've, you've come closer to your aim. Yes, but that guy's got a black eye. He deserved it anyway. Or whatever. Or maybe he didn't deserve it. But then why is he there? Why is he there taunting you? If he didn't want to play, let's have a black eye. You see? It's like, it's a, it's a game. He's in the game too. He likes his game. He likes his black eye. Great. Here you go. Here's your black eye. Sorry I couldn't pluck it out for you. If you want to play there, you have to go to somebody else. Well, and so let's say that later someone comes along and they say, hey, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. But you remember, you don't even want to punch me in the eye this time. So this time you just say, oh, yeah, well, your mother wears combat boots. <laughs> and then you walk away all happy because you got your shot in. Good for you. You were less negative. You expressed less negative emotion. I'm not saying you, it may not be a lot less, but it's some less. You pulled back a little bit more. You separated a little bit more. You made a step in the right direction. You went with a little bit better eye. And a mechanical eye that just went right for the throat. You know, that, <laughs> that eye didn't get, didn't get to play. You know, this eye got to play. Or this eye got to play. Whatever. Poor people on podcasts, they can't see all of my monkey gymnastics, you know. It's kind of a shame, really, when you think about it. But we'd have some, some crybaby write in and go, well, why do you waste all that energy? It's my energy. <laughs> you know? I'll do whatever I want with it. I got plenty, you know. What, you got this big shortage of energy, pal? Why don't you try doing some of the work on yourself instead of doing it on me all the time? You know, maybe you'd have a little more energy that you could waste and have some fun, too. After time observing. It becomes amusing how the web works, making us marionettes. Somebody says this, well, somebody says that. Mm -hmm. Somebody says you're ugly and mother dressed you funny. Mm -hmm. You find your this string pulling your hand up to pluck out their eye or to punch them in the eye. Or this string that makes your mouth go, mm, yeah, and it makes your mouth say, oh yeah, well, you, your mother wears combat boots. Mm -hmm. you know, and the string makes you walk away, <laughs> I show him, or whatever. And these are old associations. And after a while, it starts to get amusing as you watch that. The trick is noticing without identification. That's the trick. Noticing these things without identifying with them. But you can't do that if you are that. If you're going to be a big crybaby about what a fraud you are and what a pretentious prig you are. If you're going to go into big reactions, big pendulum swings over that and be something else, be some other fraud or some other prig about something else. Oh, well, I... I'm not pretentious now. You're right. You're on this planet. You're in one of these bodies. You're a pretender. You're pretending to be human. You're pretending to be an animal. So here you are in an animal body pretending to be one of these. You're not. That's not who you are. But you're pretending to be. All we do is trade one, one pretense for another. Just keep trying to trade up. <laughs> that's, the, that's the deal. Keep trying to trade up. But understand all the time that it's all pretense. So if you think that you're going to opt out of life because you don't want to be pretentious, <laughs> there is nothing more pretentious than that, that I know of. 
Here you are in life denying the fact that you're in life. Here you are with a body denying the fact that you have a body. That's a little crazy. So now you've added insanity to pretension. I don't think that's a step in the right direction. Yep, the trick is noticing without identification. Then the web begins to lose its power over us. Spiders don't stick in their own web because they don't identify. Obviously, if you want to take this literally, you could probably take me to the woodshed on this and spank me intellectually. But I'm not going. So take somebody else or go with yourself or whatever. I'm not going. I don't care. Get what I mean. Just try and get beyond the words and get what I mean. What I mean is if you don't identify, you won't stick to the web any more than a spider sticks to its own web. That's what I mean. Don't identify. How do you do that? Stop calling it I. Observe it as if it were an interesting stranger. Gradually, we become less of a machine as we're freed from the web of associations acquired from life. Impressions from the external world haven't a chance to fall on the right place with the spider on duty any more than that fly has much of a chance of getting out of that web with the spider on duty. Now, if the spider happens to be somewhere else, there's a chance that, spy, that fly may wiggle loose, may be able to, to flap its way loose. It happens. I've seen it happen. They get caught, but not so caught that they can't get out. And they get out if the spider doesn't get to them in time. These observations may lead us to self-remembering. What is self-remembering? Self-remembering is this. We're not machines. We're something else. But that's just saying the words. Yes, but self-remembering is having the realization. Self-remembering is separating from the machine, looking at the machine and going, oh, I get it. I'm not that. Well, what are you? I don't know. Something else. You don't need an answer. Don't be too quick to get an answer. Be comfortable with not knowing. That sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Pretty easy. So what's the bad news? <laughs> there's always bad news. If it sounds that easy, there's always bad news. Pain. The kind that few can bear. So they fall back on familiar, old associations, finding that a lot more comfortable. Yeah, let me tell you something. The pain of self-observation is real. Ospensky called it a sour feeling. It's okay with me. Pain, a sour feeling, whatever. You've got to know the feeling of discontent. You find out what you are, what you do, what you've been, what you could be counted on to do. And it's either painful or noxious in some way smells bad, or it gives you a sour feeling. And so what do people do? Well, they identify with that, and they become more of that on the other side. Get onto that, and they swing the pendulum over here to sweetness and no sourness, to pleasure and no pain. And they want to hang out there. They can't, of course, but they want that, and that's what they try to do. And that's why I say they become even more pretentious instead of less pretentious, because the only way... To deal with pretend, be, being pretentious is to say, yes, that's right. That's me. I'm pretentious, and I'm going to be pretentious because as long as I am. As long as I am, I am pretending to be something that I am not. Well, how do you know that? Because you don't know what you are. You're something else, and you don't know what that is. And there's a very strong case for you can never know. You can never know because knowing is not being. You can only be what you are. You can't know what you are. But again, that may sound like double talk to people. And for them it is. But for me, it's real. Whatever that means. For me, it's my experience. So like I said, Ospensky called, our, this, called it a sour feeling about oneself that accompanies seeing our mechanicalness. If we can withdraw some feeling of self from it, 
we then feel a freedom. We begin to marvel at what slaves we've been. Slaves of our own pretentiousness. It's just amazing what, what it makes us do. It's just, it's, it's, it's really amusing. I mean, you can re- if you really stand back at it and look at it, it's like, oh man, <coughs> what a show. You know, Shakespeare couldn't write one this good. What a show. All Shakespeare did was look at life and then write it down and put names there. Give, them, give the characters these all different names. That's all it is. He looked into the heart of life. He looked behind the masks. Of course, the trick is to balance again between pain and sour feeling and the freedom and wonder. That's the trick. Because we're either going to feel the pain and the sour feeling or we're going to swing over here to the, the, the wonder and the freedom. But the truth is, is you've got to live somewhere in the middle. Why? Because that's the way it is. Because here's where we are. This is what we are. We're not something else. And we're not going to be something else until we are something else. And we don't have any control over that. And we don't like that. False personality hates that. That makes the spider crazy. It just thinks if it can just eat more, control more, get more, then it can have what it wants. But it can't. We are not what we imagined ourselves to be. It's a two-edged sword. (laughs) And no matter what you do with that two-edged sword, it cuts both ways. It cuts this way and it cuts that way. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That is the thing that helps you divide yourself from yourself. What else are you dividing from? You're dividing yourself from yourself. And you're choosing one part of yourself to look at the other part of yourself. And the part of yourself that you choose to look at the other part of yourself is the part of yourself that has a bit more understanding than the part you're looking at. It's a little bit higher. And this is how it begins. We call these, we call these work eyes. All they are is transformed false personality eyes. Transformed by what? By the power of the work ideas. It changes them somehow. It changes their nature just a little. Starting from the intellectual center, the work builds new thoughts, giving us new ways of thinking. And then we begin escaping the mechanical associations. I don't have to pluck out the eye. I don't have to give them a black eye. I don't have to say, well, your mother wears combat boots. I can finally just say, uh-huh, you're right. I am ugly and my mother does dress, dress me funny and just have nothing going on about it. Like, yeah, so is there a point? Well, yeah, I, you should make yourself beautiful and not let your mother dress you anymore. Okay. Just don't receive the gift. Okay. Just allow the work to Teflon coach you so it just slides right off. Don't identify. Don't get stuck in the web of old associations. Observe it. Metanoia leads to a new mind, able to make the right connections between centers. Remember what metanoia is? It's the Greek word metanoia. It's change your mind. Christians have translated it to mean repent. All repent means is change your mind. This means, well, I used to do this, but I don't want to do that anymore. I've changed my mind about that. I want to do something else. No big mystical thing about it. It's just there it is, as a matter of fact. Very simple process. The work helps you to change your mind. By changing your thoughts, it leads to a new mind, a different kind of a mind that can make right connections. Leads you back to a place where you can start to connect up the interstate highway to the places you want to go instead of to the places you've always been. Life makes people take sides. Democrats, Republicans, Catholics, Jews, blacks, whites, 
Americans, Arabs, you know, this is what we call anybody in the Middle East. They're, they're all Arabs. We have, we're totally indiscriminate. And they're, of course, totally indiscriminate. They're all American pigs. You know? ah, they're all Arab. Uh, you know. That's what life does. Life makes, makes people make, take sides. That's all. That's what life does. The work makes people think in a new way. Well, when we begin to think in a new way, it prevents us from thinking in the old ways. <laughs> You'll think about this work. You will see that there's... <laughs> you look back at some of the old ways you used to think of things, and you have to laugh. You have to laugh. I mean, it was really comical. I'm always amused at people who say, well, that's, that's like what we used to do. Nothing that we do now is like what we used to do. You just haven't caught up yet. That's all. You're just still running in old associations. has nothing whatever to do with what I'm doing now. Nothing. It's your old associations, like a hamster on a wheel in your head. You start to think in a new way and let that go, you won't have to worry about that anymore. When we can't think in the old ways, we starve the spider by breaking its web. You start snipping that web, that spider's got to hustle to build a new web. But if you keep on snipping all those old associations, some impressions are going to get through. The spider's not going to get them all. The spider will get weaker. What lies behind the spider can start to grow. What observations can you make about your mechanical associations? This is what you need to do. You need to make observations about your mechanical associations. What observations can you make about your mechanical associations? Anyone? I guess not. It must be very difficult to observe oneself. How we respond to certain people. How we respond to certain people. How do you respond to certain people? Let's take it right out of the Wii and make it you. I'm just negative when I even come into contact with certain people. Okay, who? Um, one of my guys that I work with. Okay, a guy that you work with. As soon as you come in contact with him, you, you have old associations and you start to feel negative. Mm -hmm. Old associations make you feel negative. Good. What do you do? Sometimes I'm negative and sometimes I go away. What do you away. do? What do I do? Do you sometimes you go away? Yeah. Yeah. Physically? Yeah. Yeah. So the moving center takes you out of there. Just get away from that person. So there you go. There's, there's something that you do. That's a mechanical association. Yes, Diana. Uh, one of my mechanical associations is if I get reprimanded at work, I automatically think, oh, I'm going to be fired. Yes. Yes, there you go. Old associations. So these are the things that you need to be thinking about this week. And then you'll live happily ever after. You will become the new man. You will have total consciousness. You will, have, mm -hmm. you will walk on water. You will be able to do miracles. You will be able to pull billions of dollars out of thin air, and you will live happily ever after with uh, a thousand virgins. And if you believe that, you're an idiot, and you have nothing to do. You should have nothing to do with this work. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com, to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.